episode of Cold Talk Sports. I'm your host, Cole Martins, and thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like it, me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. Either you can message me questions or topics like to hear on the show, you can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are, are released. You can find the podcast on any of the major platforms out there, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, and uh, many others. Again, don't forget to subscribe and or follow button, so make sure you get alerts when those new episodes are released. Also, thank my brother Landon Martins for the amazing artwork on the page. This is more of his work. You can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at Mr. F-A-N-C-Y-L-A-N. Okay, on today's episode, we're talk about what's happening in the world of sports. A lot of great things happening right now, especially the World Series happening. The MLB playoffs, our World Series is underway as the Philadelphia Phillies are taking about the Houston Astros. We are currently two games into the World Series after Game 3 was rained out on Monday. So again, Game 3 will be happening on Tuesday night. So we'll talk about the first two games of the World Series so far about last week's key games in the NFL and in college football. The NASCAR Championship 4 are set after what was probably considered one of the craziest finishes in NASCAR history. We'll talk about that a little bit more of what Ras Chastain did to get into the Championship 4 in that race. And we'll also talk about the top NBA games of last week. But of course, we're going to uh, start off with being November already. It's crazy to think that uh, this today is the first day of November. Uh, a lot of uh, big things happening right now, like I mentioned, the World Series, the NASCAR season is about to come to the end. We're at the midpoint in the NFL season. College football is getting ready to, in the last month of their regular season, NBA kick is getting rolling, NHL is getting rolling. It's a magical month of sports, pretty much November through December, because we start getting to the major things happening. Of course, also I should mention the NFL trade deadline is happening right now, which will go over everything that is coming in as I am talking right now. As there's a lot of things I gotta look at my phone here to talk about here before this show is over. So hopefully we'll get all the trades in before the end of the trade deadline here, which ends at four o'clock on November 1st, which is when I'm doing this episode right now. So hopefully we get everything in before we the end of the show here of all the trades that have happened. If not, we'll go over with them and uh, tomorrow I'll go over over them in my NFL podcast, but again, a lot of big things happening right now in the NFL. A lot of uh, big name players moving around, so we'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. Uh, but again, November, a crazy month for sports, crazy month for everything happening right now. So hope you're enjoying everything that is happening and having a good time doing it as well. Also, we're getting into the holiday season as well. I hope, again, I should also mention as well, hope everybody had a great Halloween. I hope you got as much candy as you possibly could. Hope you had, if you're handing out candy, you had a lot of trick-or-treaters and saw a lot of great costumes as well. But now we're getting ready to head into Thanksgiving, get ready for Christmas here in the next couple of months here. Uh, a fun couple of months, I would say, for a lot of people around the world, as especially here in the United States as well. As we again get a, treated with a lot of sports and we get treated to a lot of family time and holiday spirit as well. But speaking of, let's talk about the major thing happening in sports right now, and that is a Major League Baseball, which we have the World Series happening as this top, the lowest seed in the National League who ended up winning the National League Championship, the number six seed Philadelphia Phillies that were over in the National League, are now taking on the best team in the American League, which was the Houston Astros in the World Series right now, as this series is currently tied. 1-1 as of, again, Tuesday, where we had the World Series rained out on Monday. Game 3 now taken on Tuesday, so that we are stuck at 1-1. And what an interesting game, Game 1 was, as the Philadelphia Phillies were able to come back 
and make a big run at the end of this one, scoring six straight runs, winning this one 6-5 to five in the 10th inning. Uh, for Philly in this one, the big player in this one was catcher JT Ramuto, as he went 2-4 for four in this game, three RBIs, a double, and a solo home run in the 10th to give the Phillies a lead and the win in this one. So a JT becoming the big first big star in the World Series in 2022. Also in this game, third baseman Alec Boom with a two-run RBI double. And starting pitcher Alan, uh, excuse me, Aaron Nola, who had a struggle in this one, went four and one-third innings, six hits, five earned runs, and five Ks. Again, this team was down 5 nothing at one point and ended up coming back and getting a victory in this one. And for Houston, they got their star moment in this one as well as right fielder Kyle Tucker had a huge game going three for five, four RBIs, and hitting two runs, home runs in his first at-bat, first two at-bats. So Kyle Tucker putting the team on his back to begin this one, but was not able to do anything near the end. Catcher Martin um, Maldonado had an RBI in this one as well. And Maldonado also got in trouble in this game as he was told he has to stop using Albert Pujols' bats after the game due to lumber-deemed outside uh, specifications. So interesting to see here that he's using, I don't know if these were Albert Pujols-themed bats or these were actual Albert Pujols' bats. But either way, he was using something with Albert Pujols' name on it. That the MLB had, were not uh, happy with the way the lumber was on these, so he is not allowed to use those bats anymore, uh, anymore in the World Series at least. Uh, speaking of uh, some other people in this game as well, Justin Verlander, who was looking for his first World Series win, was not going to get on this night. He looked pretty good at one point, being up five nothing, but he ended up collapsing this one as he pitched five innings, allowed six hits, five earned runs, and five Ks. So similar stats to Nola in this game as well. As this is also Justin Verlander's third decade pitching in the World Series. It is pitched in the 2000s, the 2010s, and 2020s in the World Series. And now the Astros losing this Game 1 are now 0-5 in Game 1s in the World Series. And of course, when we have a one World Series wins, that's usually not the way you want to start the World Series. But they would bounce back in Game 2, picking up a win against the Phillies, 5-2. That's one starting pitcher, Framberg uh, Valdez, had a great game, 6-1-3rd. and Innings, four hits, one earned run, nine K. So Valdez uh, picking up again where he left off in the championship series, having another good outing in this one. Third baseman Alex Bergman with a two-run homer in this one to help the Astros get into the lead. And this doesn't hit her Yarden uh, Alvarez and shortstop Jeremy Pena with an RBI each in this game. Uh, they also were able to get three runs in the first inning, which was a very big uh, way to start off this game as well, as they've been starting off hot in this World Series. It seemed like they cooled down at one point and allowed the Phillies to bounce back a little bit, uh, which they did allow two runs near the end of this game, but Astros are going to be able to pick up the win in this one. For Philly, starting pitcher Zach Glitter, who's looked very good so far in these playoffs, struggling in this one. Five innings pitched, six hits allowed, four earned runs, and three Ks, as Gene Segura with the one RBI for the Phillies in the game. The other RBI came off a throwing error by the Astros. Also, one of the things I've never heard of in my entire life, and I didn't even know if it was even possible for this to happen, but umpire Pat Holberg called a perfect game behind the mound. This is according to umpire scorecards and Fox Sports, which means he called every strike and ball correctly, which I honestly did, did not think was even possible you could do that. I should have looked this up before I did this as well, but I wanted to see how many times this has happened for an umpire, because I feel like this is a very, very rare accomplishment for an umpire to have to call every strike an actual strike and every ball an actual ball. I feel like that's 
almost impossible to do as an umpire, especially nowadays where we see a lot of bad calls, it seems like, behind the mound, and a lot of missed calls, it seems like, every game. So congratulations to Hoberg on that one. That's a very impressive stat to have, and I think he deserves a pay raise if he's able to do that. Uh, very impressive by him, and hopefully he can continue doing that throughout this World Series as well, as that's the best thing you can hear as a batter and possibly even a catch, uh, catcher or a pitcher as well. Good news for everybody, I would say, if you can call every striking ball perfectly throughout a game. So hopefully Hoberg can continue doing that behind the mound throughout this World Series. Now for some news coming out of baseball. Detroit Tigers have hired Tampa Bay Rays Rob uh, Metzer as vice president and assistant GM. He spent 15 seasons with the Rays organization. So hopefully, as a Tigers fan myself, he can start changing around that franchise a little bit as they have uh we've tried to see like do things but it has not been working out too much so hopefully he'll be a key part to helping this team become better here for the future also the Kansas City Royals have hired their new manager Matt hopefully I can get this one Cotero as a new manager as according to Jeff Perez Pesson in ESPN his career he has never been a manager in his career but he has been the assistant hitting coach for the Cleveland Indians from 2010 to 2017. He was a third base coach for the Tampa Bay Rays in 2018 before becoming the bench coach from 2019 to 2022. So we'll see what he'll be able to do with this very young Kansas City Royals team. They seem that they has a lot of pretty good talent in it, especially the Witt, who was named probably but couldn't be named the Rookie of the Year. But we'll see what he'll be able to do with this Royals team. And then also third baseman Nolan uh, Alnerando will not opt out of his candid return for St. Louis uh, next year as he still has five years, $144 million left on his contract. Of course, them losing Albert Pujols, a big loss for this Cardinals team, especially with the way he did end the, the season. Uh, of course, uh, being one of four people now to have 700 home runs in his career. We'll see what the Cardinals will be able to do next year as this team looking to get back in the playoffs, of course, in 2023. Now let's head over to the NFL. We talk about week seven in the, excuse me, week eight in the NFL was last week. As we talk about the top games that happened in that week, as we'll start off what happened on Sunday Night Football, where the Buffalo Bills were able to beat the Green Bay Packers 27 to 17. Buffalo, with that win, now moves to six and one on the season. Again, remaining the top team in the AFC. Quarterback Josh Allen in this game, 218 yards passing, two touchdowns, but did throw two interceptions this one. Uh, very surprised to see him throw a couple of interceptions in a game, but the Packers defense had eyes on him throughout this game. Wide receiver Stephon Diggs having a good one, six receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Running back Devin Singletary with 67 yards rushing, and wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie and tight end Dawson Knox each had a touchdown in this game as well. As for Green Bay, they dropped to a very disappointing 3-5 record on the season. Running back Aaron Jones having a good game in this one, though, with 143 yards rushing. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers with 203 yards passing, two touchdowns and one interception. He did have a bright spot with one wide receiver. His wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs, had a good game. Four receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Running back A.J. Dillon with 54 yards rushing on the ground. And wide receiver Samori uh, Toure with a touchdown as well for Green Bay. But overall, Buffalo showed their dominance throughout this one. I would say the defense looked pretty good. Uh, very surprised that Josh Allen struggled throwing the ball in this one a little bit. But they were trying to go more on the run game throughout this one. Trying to pick apart this uh, Packers defense. Uh, so they tried to avoid, avoid throwing the ball as much as they possibly could, I feel like, at times. Uh, but again, Josh Allen did throw a couple of mistakes in this one. Which got Green Bay in it for a little bit. But overall, this Green Bay team just could not get anything going. Passing-wise, running-wise, yes, they did have a lot going for them. 
as they almost had 200 yards rushing on the ground with Jones and Dillon. Uh, Rodgers just could not get too much going through the air. He did get one great pass to Dobbs for that touchdown. Besides that, really didn't get too much after that as Green Bay looked a little better in this game. Of course, playing one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. But again, uh, could not get anything fully going in this one. They dropped to 3-5 and five and now are in some deep trouble this season as they are right now getting... Uh, of course, the season's not over. We're at the halfway point, but they do need to get something rolling here quickly if they want to make it into the playoffs. But again, Buffalo picking up another big win in this one and going to 6-1 and one on the season. Now for the game that held the only two teams with a winning record going against each other this week, the Seattle Seahawks were able to beat the New York Giants 27-13. Seattle moving to 5-3 and, and continue to lead the NFC West as quarterback uh, Geno Smith, 212 yards passing this one, two touchdowns. Wide receiver Tyler Lockett with five receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown, but did lose a fumble in that game as well. Wide receiver DK Metcalf with six receptions, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Cornerback Kenneth Walker not having as big a game as he usually does, but it's had 51 yards in this one and a touchdown. And a name I'm probably going to mess up here, but we're going to try it anyways. Linebacker Uchina Achiu uh, Nousu with two sacks in the game for Seattle. Again, if I messed the name up, I'm very sorry. Hopefully I got close to it if I did not get it correctly. Uh, but again, a good game for him in this one. As for the Giants, they suffered their second loss of the season as they go to 6-2. and two. Quarterback Daniel Jones, the 176 yards passing this one, but was sacked five times. Wide receiver Darius Slayton, five receptions for 66 yards. Tight end Tanner Hudson with three receptions, 58 yards. Quarterback Shaquan Barkley with 53 yards and a touchdown in this one as well. Again, both these teams having a great season. Both these teams, I think, already over the win mark from last year. But again, Seattle... Just continuing to move along without Russell Wilson. Geno Smith looking pretty good at quarterback. Keeping the ball safe and protected as offense continues to keep things rolling. Locking and Metcalf looking good so far this year. Walker looking to become a running back star this year as well. Even though I'm surprised that him and Berkeley didn't have a huge game this one. I was expecting both of them to probably have over at least 75 to 100 yards in this game. But they were shut down by both of these defenses, which I was very shocked about. But overall, a great game between these two teams. Dana Jones, again, hope, hopefully... Can get some uh, receiving help from this trade deadline, which we'll talk about that again here in a couple minutes here. But again, Seattle picking up another big win. They moved to five and three. Giants moved to six and two, but both of them still having a good record as both teams reach the they play their eighth game. So both of them pass the halfway or close to halfway mark on the season. Then we head to a battle in the NFC West where the San Francisco 49ers once again get the best of the Los Angeles Rams as they beat them 31-14. San Francisco now moving to 4-4 four four on the season, so remaining a game back of Seattle. And the big star in this one was the player that they traded for recently, running back Christian McCaffrey, who had 94 yards rushing and a touchdown. Also, eight receptions, 55 yards uh, receiving, and a touchdown in that one as well. Oh, why not add on a 34-yard passing touchdown as well, as McCaffrey becomes the first player with a passing, receiving, and rushing touchdown in the same game since 2005, as according to ESPN. So an amazing second game for McCaffrey in this one, as he's already looking like a star in San Francisco. San Francisco For quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, he had a great game in this one as well. 21 for 25, 235 yards passing and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, six receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Tight end Ross Dwelly with one reception, 56 yards. And tight end George Kittle got in the fun as well with a touchdown. As for the Rams, they go back to a losing record as they go to 3-4 and four on the season. Quarterback Matthew Stafford with 187 yards passing. 
One touchdown, they'd also add a rushing touchdown as well. Wide receiver Cooper Cup, of course, leading the way receiving with eight receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver Keenan, uh, excuse me, Allen Robinson, the third, second, getting involved in this game a little bit more with five receptions for 54 yards. And their leading running back was Ronnie Rivers, who I've never heard of. <laughs> he had 21 yards rushing in this one. But again, the Niners looked very impressive in this one. Uh, I was wondering how the trade with McCaffrey was going to go, but obviously so far it's looking pretty good. Of course, the Niners did not have Debo Samuel in this game as well, so you thought that would have been a major loss for this offense, but it was not. McCaffrey filled in perfectly. I think he did a great job uh, in this one. Probably the best games he's probably the best game he's had all year. Now having more uh, potent offense around him, I, he, well, we could see a lot more of McCaffrey and doing a lot of crazy things like this throughout the season, passing, running in, receiving the ball. So this offense, you can already tell, looks a lot dangerous for the Niners as they're trying to make a run against the Seahawks now and try to take over that division lead. As for the Rams, the defense struggled in this one. The offense struggled in this one. I don't know what's going on with the Rams right now. It seems like they have a lot of question marks going through the air right now. We'll see if they make any uh, trades before the end of the trade deadline here, which, again, we'll go over here in just a second. But we'll see how things will go for this Rams team throughout the remainder of the season. But so far... Not looking good as they could have a chance of missing the playoffs here pretty soon as well. If they do not have things turn around. But again, the Niners get another win over the Rams. I believe this is their eighth straight regular season win against the Rams. If I can remember correctly seeing that stat. But again, a big win for the Niners as they take down division rival Los Angeles Rams. And the final game we'll talk about will be the Minnesota Vikings who beat the Arizona Cardinals 34-26. to Minnesota continues to look impressive as they go to 6-1 on the season. Quarterback Kirk Cousins with 232 yards passing this game. Two touchdowns. Also added a rushing touchdown as well. Running back Delvin Cook having another good game going over the century mark with 111 yards rushing and a touchdown. Wide receiver Justin Jefferson leading the way with receiving with six receptions for 98 yards. Wide receiver Adam Thielen with six receptions for 67 yards. And running back Alexander Madison, wide receiver K.J. Osborne, and tight end J uh, Johnny Amiutu with a touchdown in the game. As, of course, I will mention this in a little bit, that the Raven Vikings were able to pick up a big-name tight end in the trade deadline. Also, linebacker Zardarius Smith had three sacks in the game. And for the Cardinals, they continue to struggle this year as they go to 3-5 on the season. Quarterback Kyler Murray in this one, 326 yards passing, three touchdowns, but two big interceptions in this one. And also four, was sacked four times. He also... Had the most rushing yards in this game with 36. Wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins being a big factor in this one, though, with 12 receptions for 159 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Randall Moore with 7 receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown as well. Zach Ertz also getting a touchdown in this game. And defense end J.J. Watt with a pair of sacks in this one as well. But again, the Vikings continue to get cruising. They do continue to allow a lot of points, and their defense allowing a lot, but their offense is able to keep up and keep them in the lead in these close games. That's exactly what they did in this one. This offense has a lot of big weapons on there, and like I mentioned, they did add another big weapon today. So we'll see what he will be able to do on this offense. Again, we'll go over that here in just a little bit. As for Arizona, they are continuing to struggle. They can keep, again, keep on getting these close games, but cannot win these games. It's the complete opposite as Minnesota, uh, just continuing to struggle on... I would say both sides of the ball and turnovers have been a key thing in this one as well as Murray having a couple of big turnovers that have cost the Arizona a few games, I believe, this year. As Even though Hopkins is back and he's able to get this offense scoring a little bit more in the games, they still need to find a way to stop their opponents from scoring as much against them. So we'll see if they can make some improvements on this defense as the weeks go on. But speaking of next week, we have quite a few big games happening in week nine of the NFL. 
We'll start off with the Los Angeles Chargers at 4-3, and three, taking on the Atlanta, uh, I just mentioned, the NFC South League Atlanta Falcons at 4-4. Four and four. That game will be at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As for the next game at 1 o'clock, we have a division AFC East battle as the Buffalo Bills at 6-1 take on the 5-3 New York Jets. That game also being at 1 o'clock. The Minnesota Vikings will at 6-1 will take on the Washington Commanders at 4-4. Four four. That at 1 o'clock, Kirk Cousins going against his formal team in Washington. The Los Angeles Rams at 3-4 will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 3-5 at 4.25 p.m. Both these teams having very disappointed seasons. And a loss in this one could knock one of these teams out of the playoffs. Of course, there's Tom Brady thing going on in his life right now. Now on a three-game losing streak for the first time since 2002. Uh, we will see if Tom Brady can turn things around this one against the team they lost to in the playoffs. I believe it was, was it last year they lost. Yes, they lost to the Rams last year. And we'll see if they will be able to get revenge on them this year. And on Sunday Night Football, we have a battle of two five and two teams in the AFC as the Tennessee Titans take on the Kansas City Chiefs. That should be a fun one on Sunday Night Football. So a lot of great action next week. Of course, six teams are on by next week as well too. So if you make sure you check those fantasy lineups if you do have one of those someone missing on one of those teams. Uh, but so far, five pretty good games happening even with six teams on by. So that's great to see uh, on the NFL schedule next week. So can't wait to see. What these games will lead to and see some great action happening in week nine. But of course, we got to talk about some big name players moving around this week as the trade deadline happening right now. As uh, Currently, as I am talking, we are 20 minutes away from the end of the trade deadline. So a lot of big things happening across the NFL. We'll talk about some of the trades that are currently happening. As the first one that happened this week, we'll talk about the Chicago Bears who have traded a couple of players. They have traded Robert Quinn being traded to the Philadelphia Eagles in that trade, as I am currently trying to look up who they ended up trading for that player. But right now, they have traded, the Philadelphia Eagles have traded for Robert Quinn. So, a big add to that Philadelphia defense, who's already looked pretty strong this year. We'll see what he'd be able to do for this Philadelphia Eagles team this uh, as for this trade. But it looks like right now, as I'm looking to see what the trade is for, actually, I'm getting basketball more than. Uh, now I'm seeing the trade for this one. But currently right now, all you need to know is Robert Quinn is going to the Philadelphia Eagles for the Bears. Oh, here it is. The Bears have acquired in 2023 a second, fourth, and fifth round pick in this trade. So the Bears adding some uh, trade capital in that one. And they also ended up trading another defensive player. The Bears, uh, Raquin Smith, will be going to the Baltimore Ravens for a second and fifth round pick. That is according to multiple sports. Uh, sources also with muscle sources for the other trade with the Eagles as well. So Bears trading away a couple of big name defensive players, adding tra trade capital to get ready for next year. Also another big trade that happened today. Detroit Lions have traded and TJ Hawkinson for 2023 and, two and, and a 2023 and 24th fourth round pick to the Minnesota Vikings for a 2023 second round pick and 2024 third round pick. Again, the Lions uh, trying to trade for capital right now for the draft. Them having the worst record in the NFL. Their season is pretty much already over. And sadly for me, uh, being a Lions fan, I am a huge TJ Hawkinson fan. So sad to see him go. Even sadder to see him go to a Minnesota Vikings team. But I understand him coming to the end of his rookie contract. Not wanting to pay him the money. Save some money for this team as well. But it's going to be hard to see him in a rival division rivals team. Which he will be playing Detroit coming up here in December in Detroit. So uh, it's going to be very hard to see Hawkinson Probably wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game against this very struggling defensive Lions team right now. So 
Vikings pick up a very good tight end here at the trade deadline. Also, earlier this week, we had the New York Giants trade wide receiver Kadarius Tooney to the Kansas City Chiefs for a conventional third and sixth round pick. That is according to Adam Sutzler in ESPN. Uh, Tooney not having too good of a career for the Giants as he suffered quite a few injuries. So the Chiefs hoping to turn his career around as we'll see if the speedy receiver will have any big effect for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, coming up here for the remainder of this year. And now I got to go through my phone here and see all the big trades that are happening right now. And the first one that I'm seeing right now is the Bears have acquired Chase Claypool from the Pittsburgh Steelers. In this trade, the Bears uh, ended up giving up a second round pick for Claypool. And it is not the pick that they received from the Ravens. So that they will be trading their own second round pick in this trade. So the Steelers adding some trade capital as well. Also getting ready rid of one of their were one of their top three receivers on the team. So we'll see what Claypool will be able to have a big factor over in Chicago now that he is on this Bears team. Also, it looks like the Steelers have trade finalized a trade for Commanders cornerback Will Jackson the third. Uh, to help out their defense a little bit more. So we'll, I does not say who the picks are for in that one. So we'll go over that a little bit more tomorrow. We'll see what those picks are for. Also, another big name being traded as Denver is dealing linebacker Bradley Chubb to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this trade will include a 2013 first-round pick that the Miami Dolphins acquired for the San Francisco 49ers. This is from ESPN. So a big trade happening there for as the Dolphins add on to their defense, adding a great linebacker in Chubb. Uh, looks like, let's see what else we got here on this We trade-wise. Looks like the Broncos have also acquired running back Chase Edmonds, a part of that trade for Chubb. So adding another running back to the Broncos' backfield. So right now, Gordon's struggling. So we'll see if Edmonds gets any effect on the team as well. Dolphins also added a running back in the trade as they have 49ers trade running back Jeff Wilson to Miami. Best for sources from Sleeper. So we'll see if that is... What the what they traded for in that one. Also, in another shocking trade, the Falcons end up trading wide receiver Kelvin Ridley to the Jaguars, who is suspended for the rest of this year, so he won't be playing till 2023. Uh, this is from sources from sources recording the sleeper in exchange. They'll be hitting, uh, be getting it looks like a maximum of a 2023 fifth rounder and a 2024 second rounder. Of course, again, really suspended for the remainder of the season. We'll not see him play for the Jaguars. That could be a big weapon to add for the Jaguars here next year. Also, the Broncos are trading are trading for Jets pass rusher Jacob Martin, uh, according to sources. One of the several players exchanged to fill the void uh, for Bradley Chubb, of course. Uh, Denver is going to be giving up a fourth-round pick in 2024 in exchange for a 2024 fifth-round pick. So, again, the and then I believe that is everything I got right now for trade-wise. So, again, a lot of teams adding and, adding and giving away players, it seems like. Uh, so far, the biggest trade I'd say so far has to be all pretty much defense aside currently. As, of course, Queen going to the Eagles, helping out that very strong defense. And, of course, the Eagles still remain the only undefeated team in the NFL right now. We'll probably see Quinn play on Thursday Night Football this week against the Texans. Uh, for the Ravens, adding Smith, I think that's going to be big for that defense that has had some struggles so far this year. So let's we'll see if he'll be able to help out at the linebacker position. Tedden Hawkinson going to Minnesota Vikings. So I think he'll be a big factor to that offense as that is probably the one position that has been inconsistent for them all year. So we'll see if he can make a consistent uh, to make this offense almost completely complete for this uh, Vikings team. 
and see what the Chiefs are able to do with Tooney as well as he has not been a big factor so far this year. We'll see if he'll be able to add on anything as well. As again, other big trades happening so far. Chubb, again, going to the Miami Dolphins. I had to help on that defense as they get ready for a playoff push. Also, we have, like I mentioned, Claypool going to the Bears. Again, Bears not getting any playoff hopes, I believe, this year. But he'll be a good weapon to add on for Fields to see if he can help out him and Mooney as well, who has been struggling so far this year. Uh, other players I just mentioned... Again, just players, sort of players just moving around a little bit. Edmonds going to the Broncos. We have Jeff Wilson going to Miami from San Francisco. Again, Kelvin Ridley going to Jacksonville after, he, again, he's suspended for the remainder of this year, but he could be a big factor next year for that team. And then Jacob Martin heading to the Broncos. So that, again, is all the trades I currently have on my phone right now. Uh, as of right now, there is still some time left, 15 minutes. Uh, from when I'm airing this episode or recording this episode. So we'll see what else is going to happen here at the trade deadline. Uh, also, some other news coming out from this week. Uh, major news coming out as last week was announced that Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase is going to be out four to six weeks with a hairline hip fracture and toward labrum, according to multiple sources. So a big loss for this Bengals team who suffered a loss to the Browns on Monday Night Football uh, in a very beat. They were beat up in that game, I should say. The Bengals were to the Browns. So, again, that's a big loss for this team. Again, expected to be out for four to six weeks. They're not going to put him in IR, though. So, they're hoping he'll be back in less than the four weeks. But we'll have to wait and see what is up with Chase, uh, Jamar Chase. So, we'll see if he will be back here uh, so hopefully sooner rather than later. A couple players that have also been knocked out for the season. Tim Bay Buccaneers linebacker Shaquille Bar- uh, Barnett. Uh, Barrett will be out for the season of the torn Achilles, as according to Ian Rippleport in NFL. So a big loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that defense that have been struggling so far this year, losing probably their star defensive player. And also Miami Dolphins safety, Brandon Jones, will be out for the season of a torn ACL, that's according to Sleeper. Also, Kansas City Chiefs, Stevens and Frank Clark was suspended two games for violating NFL's personal conduct policy, that's according to Sleeper. Of course, he already I, he will be actually didn't play this week, Kansas City Chiefs, so... He will be out for the next two games now after the suspension. So he will be out against, the like I mentioned, on Sunday Night Football this week against the Titans. And he'll be out against the next game, which will be for the Chiefs against the Jaguars. So he'll be missing Week 9 and 10 will be Frank Clark. Also, also wide receiver for the Los Angeles Chargers, Mike Williams, will be out for a minimum of four weeks, as according to Sleeper, as I believe he was put on IR now. So he will be out for a little bit. So a big loss for this Chargers team that has been banged up a lot so far this season. Also, a team that was banged up last week on Thursday Night Football by Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens as tight end Mark Andrews did suffer a shoulder injury in that game, but he should be okay, according to John Harbaugh. So we'll hopefully see Mark Andrews back again this week. Also for the Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman was injured in that one with a foot injury and he could miss some time as according to Sleeper. Also, Houston Texans head coach Lovey Smith has said Nico Collins will not be out for the season with a groin injury. So some possibly good news for the top receiver for the Texans as he will be back at some point this year, but he will be out for a little bit as well, which will be a huge blow for this Texans offense. Also, some good news out of Pittsburgh as T.J. Watt has been able to return from IR. So we should see him back on the field pretty soon here. That is according to Sleeper. 
And some other little news here. Tampa Bay a record that was set on Thursday Night Football. As Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady set an NFL record that he probably didn't want to set. Which is the record for most times sacked in an NFL career. Which was at 555 when he broke the record. I don't know if he went over that or not. I did not look. So we'll have to wait and see. I'll have to look back and see if that how many he's at now. But again, Tom Brady is now the record holder for be- taking the most sacks in an NFL career. And last but not least, talk about the NFL. The Detroit Lions have fired defensive uh Back coach Ab, uh, Aubrey uh, Pleasant, as according to Detroit Free Press and ESPN. Of course, the Detroit Lions have one of the, the worst defense in the NFL, and they have been getting burnt by the pass a lot this year. So they have finally decided to get rid of their defense of back coach Pleasant. Uh, but again, there's a lot of NFL stuff going on right now. Uh, we'll go into a lot more detail tomorrow than the NFL podcast. Now we're going to be talking about what happened in Week Nine in the NFL. Go over all those games. Talk about what happened in all the other games that happened in Week Eight. Of course, we have to talk about the trade deadline as well. We'll go over all the trades in more detail on that one. And talk about how much of a big factor this is going to have on each of these teams. But I got a lot going on in the NFL right now. We still, again, have about 10 minutes on my clock right now until the end of the trade deadline when I'm recording this. So we'll see if any more trades do come in uh, before the end of this podcast. If there is any I notice, I will make sure to mention them here at the end of this podcast. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on that till the very end. So again, we might have some more NFL news coming up here at the end of the show. But let's head over to college football now as we had some big games going on this week. And one of the bigger, biggest games this week was number two, Ohio State, who was able to beat Big Ten rival number 13, Penn State, 44-31. Ohio State remains undefeated as they go to 8-0 on the season thanks to a big-name wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr., playing just like his dad. He had 10 receptions for 185 yards. Easily probably the best receiver in college football right now. Quarterback C.J. Strode with uh, 26 for 33 in this one. 354 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Stroud, again, having a, another great game for the Buckeyes. Running back uh, Tavion Henderson, 78 yards, rushing in two touchdowns in this one. Ted and Cade Stover, six receptions, 78 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver Amika Ibuke with six receptions for 53 yards. Ramek uh, Mian Williams with a touchdown as well. As another game that's gonna, it's gonna be fun to announce for this uh, team. Hopefully I get this one right. JT Tui Muluau with two interceptions this game. One of those interceptions were being returned for a touchdown. Two sacks in the game and also had two fumble recoveries as well. So a huge game. For the defense and for the Buckeyes uh, being a big factor in the end of this one. Which was actually a very close game throughout until the very end where the defense just took advantage of beating up on this Penn State team. Picking up Penn State, they now go to 6-2 on the season. Sean Clifford, the quarterback, having a bad game in this one even though his stats don't show it at first. But he threw for 371 yards, had three touchdowns, but had three interceptions. Two to begin the game. One near the end of the game, which was intercepted and returned for a touchdown, like I mentioned. Also had a fumble, a fumble loss late in this game as this team was, I think when he lost that fumble, they were only down by six. And then the wheels just broke off and Ohio State took advantage of defense and took out this uh, this Penn State Nittany line offense. Wide receiver Parker Washington leading the way on offense with 11 receptions, 179 yards receiving in one touchdown. So a big game for Washington. Uh, running back Caden Allen with 76 yards rushing, one touchdown on the ground and one in the air. Wide receiver Kendra Lombard-Smith uh, with two receptions, 58 yards and a touchdown. And tight end Theo Johnson with two receptions for 757 yards. Again, this was a very close game throughout. Penn State was making a good run at the end. They were leading at half Penn State. And it seems like in the fourth quarter, the team just got beat. 
Of course, that is when you prove who the best teams are in the fourth quarter. Ohio State just had their wheels rolling in the fourth quarter, and their defense just looked unstoppable in the fourth quarter, beating up on Penn State and able to pull away and pick up the 13-point victory. Next game, which was a very, very big surprise to me. I did not see expect this one at all. I Not the results, just the way the score was. As number 22, Kansas State upsets number 9, Oklahoma State, 48 to nothing. A shutout for the Wildcats as the Wildcats go to 6-2 on the season. They're led by running back Deuce Vaughn with 158 yards rushing, one touchdown, and also had a receiving touchdown this game as well. Quarterback Will Howard with 296 yards passing and four touchdowns in the game. Wide receiver Malik Knowles with eight receptions for 113 yards. Wide receiver Kende, uh, Ken, uh, Kende, well, well, uh, Warner, I should say, because get my tongue twisted here. Five receptions for 97 yards and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Philip Brook and running back DJ uh, Ginders with a touchdown in this game as well. And for Oklahoma State, they now moved to 62 as well on the season as quarterback Spencer Sanders had no answer in this one. 13 for 26 for 147 yards and one interception. Wide receiver Brendan Presley with two receptions, 49 yards, and a fumble loss in this game. And quarterback Gunter Gundy led the rushing with 27 yards. I believe he came in to fill in for Sanders at the end of that one as Gundy is not able to do too much for this team as he got in as the Cowboys were shut out. But an impressive game by Kansas State. Uh, I believe they suffered a loss to TCU the week prior. Uh, but bounce back in this one of their big win. That should move them up the rankings a uh, pretty good amount. At least get them into the top 20. Uh, uh, speaking of teams, uh, TCU, they were able to pick up a win against West Virginia in this in this one, 41-31. TCU remains undefeated on the season as quarterback Max Duggan with 341 yards passing in this one, three touchdowns and an interception. Quarterback Kendra Miller with 120 yards rushing and a touchdown. Wide receiver uh, Trey Barber with four receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver Savion Williams with three receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver Quinton Johnson, four receptions, 76 yards, and you guessed it, a touchdown. Running back Emani Bailey with a touchdown in this one as well. And defensive lineman Dylan Horton with two sacks to help out this TCU defense. Now, again, this team remaining undefeated. They did struggle against a weak West Virginia team that moved to 3-5 on the season. QB JT Daniels with 275 yards passing, two touchdowns, interception, and a fumble loss. Tight end CJ Donaldson leading the way without leaving the backfield in the way with 140 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I'm guessing he must have started the season as a tight end and became a running back because I don't think you'd see a tight end. I believe he ran the ball over 15 times this game, so I believe he must have been switched to a running back at some point this season. But Donaldson with over 100 yards in that game. Wide receiver to Sam James with six receptions for 95 yards. Wide receiver Bryce Ford Wheaton with three receptions for 51 yards. And wide receiver Reese Smith with a touchdown. Yes, TCU did struggle against a weaker team this one in Big 12 play, but overall... They picked up the win. That's all that matters. They remain undefeated on the season and go to 8-0. And one of the other upset that happened this week as Louisville was able to beat number 10 West Virginia. Oh, wait, excuse me. Wake Forest, 48-21. Louisville now moving to 5-3 on the season. Running back Tyon Evans with 106 yards rushing and one touchdown. As for quarterback Malik Cunningham with 164 yards passing and had two rushing touchdowns in the game. Wide receiver Tyler Hudson leading the way, receiving six receptions for 77 yards. And wide receiver uh, Braden Smith to, uh, threw to Jalen Carter for a touchdown. So a receiver to receiver touchdown as well 
for Louisville as their only passing touchdown in the game. Also, a pair of defensive touchdowns this one is cornerback Quincy uh, Riley with a two interceptions of the game, including one that went for a 90-yard touchdown. And defensive back Clay Trey Clark with a 46-yard interception return for a touchdown. And for Wake Forest, they go to 6-2 on the season. Quarterback Sam Hartman threw for 271 yards passing this one. One touchdown, but the big thing in this game was the three interceptions he threw. Uh, big cost the Wake Forest team. Wide wide receiver Dev, uh, De, uh, Devin Green with a three uh, receptions for 75 yards. Starting miles, trying to get dry and I can't talk anymore. As for wide receiver uh, Keyshawn Williams with five receptions for 67 yards. Running back Will Towns, 54 yards rushing. Tight end Blake Whitehart with four receptions for 52 yards. And running back Justice Ellison and quarterback Mitch uh, Griffins to wide receiver Jamal Banks each had a touchdown in this game as well. So Wake Forest trying to make a run back into the top 10 and try to make a possibly some sort of push. Possibly for, again, an ACC championship bid or even... A chance to get into the college football playoffs that was destroyed by Louisville in this one. As number 10, Wake Forest dropped quite a bit here in the rankings. They still are in the top 25, but they do drop a bit into the rankings. As we talk about the rankings, let's talk about the top 10 in the AP polls. As also on Tuesday night will be the first unveiling of the college football playoffs rankings. So we'll see who, if this is any different from the AP rankings. But clearly right now, number one in the country remains Georgia. And at number two, we do have a tie at the two spot, which again, I didn't know that was a real thing till last week when USC and Wake Forest were tied. But we have a tie, and I believe this is for a game that's coming up. This is the right reason it's a tie. But Tennessee and Ohio State are currently tied at number two. Tennessee moving up one spot to that two spot. Remaining at four is Michigan. Remaining at five, Clemson. Six, Alabama. Seventh, TCU. Eighth, Oregon. We have our next move at number nine with USC as they move up one spot to that number nine spot moving up the 10th is UCLA up two spots and three teams joining the top 25 this week at number 23 is Liberty number 24 Oregon State and at number 25 Central Florida and getting kicked out of the top 25 is Kentucky Cincinnati and South Carolina as we came in this week with six remaining undefeated teams we remain at six remaining undefeated teams Ohio State picked up a win uh I think Clemson I can't remember if Clemson did play this week or not but they remain undefeated. TCU picked up the win in their game. Tennessee gets ready for their big game this week. Michigan remains undefeated as they were able to beat rival Michigan State, which we'll talk about that one here a little bit as well. And Georgia remained undefeated as well. As we have you know at least one undefeated team will go down next week. Speaking of our games to watch next week, as number two versus number one will happen next week. As Georgia takes on Tennessee in a big battle in the SEC. Who is going to win this one? Who is going to reign on top of the ACC as the only undefeated team left in the conference? We'll wait and see on that one as that game will be at 3.30. Time for that game will be very, very interesting to see who is going to win that one. But again, these two battling out for the top of the SEC. I cannot remember if these two are in the same division or not. As I'll check in that one. Yes, they are in the same division. So this game will probably determine who will be going to the SEC championship game between these two. So that will be a fun one to watch. Also another game that can determine who is going to the SEC championship game as Alabama will take on LSU. Where in that game will probably have a good chance of going to the SEC championship game. As Alabama will have another test the week after as they'll have to take on Mississippi State, Old, or Old Miss I should say, 
to see that one who can determine that one. So a couple of big games come up for Alabama. First, they have to get past LSU, who is number 15 in the country, Alabama number 6 in the country. And also at, that game was at 7 o'clock, I should mention as well. And also at 7.30, we'll have number 5, Clemson, taking on Notre Dame, who was able to get an upset on Syracuse, I think uh, that was this week or last week, I can't remember which one that was. But Notre Dame uh, starting to get the ball rolling here a little bit. We'll see if they'll be able to take down Clemson at home. Also, some news in college football. Of course, if you have not heard, the Michigan State, four Michigan players have suspended after video showing several players attacking two Michigan players in the tunnel after the game. That's according to ESPN and Fox Sports. Uh, all four players were on defense. I did not, could not tell you if they were starters or not. Uh, but four players have been suspended. They were suspended until the investigation is finished. So police investigating this one. And charges are possibly going to be uh, put against some of these players. So we'll have to say with see what the police are investigating this one. Uh, but again, something we rarely see here in college football. I mean, we see fights happen in college football from time to time, but rarely see at Michigan Stadium. I feel like, of course, that tunnel, both teams walk through that tunnel. Uh, very rare to see an actual fight happen in the tunnel or something like this happen. So a, a very shocking thing to happen, but a rivalry game, who knows what can happen. But from the looks of the video, what happened, uh, a couple of Michigan players were going in the tunnel at the same time as the Michigan State players were leaving the stadium. Uh, there's possible words that a Michigan player was talking crap to the Michigan team while heading back to the locker room, which caused the Michigan State players to get unhappy and start attacking the guy. Uh, there's looked like he, one guy was getting thrown into a bunch of pile of Michigan State players. There's a video of another Michigan player getting hit with a helmet. Uh, from what I heard, one of the players suffered a broken nose. Don't know if that is true or not. But again, a lot of things happened in this one where it was pretty much two against the entire team. So uh, we'll see what this leads to here in the investigation that is being held by the Michigan State Police. So again, we'll wait and see what has happened between these two. But a very sad thing to see happen uh, and a fun rivalry for a lot of people around the state. So hopefully this gets all sorted out and what is the punishment is dealt, the punishment is going to be dealt for some of these Michigan State players. Also, uh, some news out of the SEC as Auburn has fired their head coach, Brian Harrison, as he was 9-2 with the program in his two seasons with them. Uh, of course, Auburn expected to be a top-notch team every season. They did not get that from their head coach, so he is going to be gone. So they'll be looking for their new head coach going into the 2023 season. Now I'm going to do some more playoff action happening right now in the NASCAR Cup Series as they raced at Martinsville Speedway in this one. As this is the final race of the round of eight as they have one race to go after this week as they head to Phoenix this weekend and to crown a champion as they're looking to see who would be the championship four. And one of the guys who punched their ticket to the championship four and had to win when he needed to was Christopher Bell, who wins at Martinsville Speedway, picking up his third win of the season. Of course, he had a win in the round of 12 as well to advance. And that one is exactly what he did at the Roval. And now a pair of big wins for Christopher Bell. Can he get one more big win in the championship four? Which, again, like I mentioned, with that win, he locked himself in to that with the win. As he also picked up Joe Gibbs' 200th win of their racing team career. He has the second team to reach that mark this year as Petty GMS Motorsports reached that mark at Darlington with Eric Jones picking up the win earlier in the playoffs. So again, a big win for Joe Gibbs Racing and Christopher Bell in this one as they have punched their ticket into the championship four. The remaining top five in this one in second place was Kyle Larson. 
Third place was playoff driver Ryan Blaney. In fourth place, coming out of absolute nowhere, was Ross Chastain, which we'll go over that here in just a second, passing Denny Hamlin, who was also a playoff driver, in fifth place. As we got to talk about this movie that Ross Chastain did, because it was absolutely insane. This is probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life watching motorsports. As Ross Chastain was two points out on the final lap of the race, Denny Hamlin, who's who he had to pretty much was beating him at this point. He was about, I want to say, four spots behind Denny Hamlin at this point. Two points out. Easily looks like Denny Hamlin's going to win this race as he has a big advantage. And every other car that was in front of Chastain was way in front of him. So Chastain did the most unbelievable thing ever as he just went into the corner full speed. Rode the wall around the entire track. Looked like he was going fast forward past everybody. Ended up passing Denny Hamlin coming to the line and beating him. Giving him a four point advantage over him to end the round of eight and advancing him to the next round of the playoffs. He also, during this lap while he was riding the wall, he set a new track record at 18.845 seconds. Old track record at 18.945, which was set 75 years ago on the day, according to NBC Sports. Again, very confused. I had to double check. I might be wrong on this one because I looked at the track record on Wikipedia. It said Jory Logano sat it in 2013 with a faster lap than that, so I don't know if that is true or not. But either way, it sounds like Ross Chastain sat the track record from riding the wall. So a crazy sequence on this one. One of the craziest moves ever and very dangerous move as well. Like they mentioned, turn four has a gate that opens there. So if he would have hit that op- any little part of that gate, his car could have disintegrated and possibly hurt himself and others. So a very dangerous move. But one of the coolest moves in stock car history to get himself to the playoffs. Don't be surprised if this move gets banned at all here in the future. I don't know if even how it was even possible to do that. I did that in my... Everybody's probably maybe done that in a video game. Once or twice, you just ride the roll full speed to get some positions. He literally pulled off a video game move and was the first one to pull it off as he has now locked up his spot in the championship four by doing that, taking out Denny Hamlin, which we'll go over that here in a little bit as well. But either way, he would have done it because Brad Kozlowski was disqualified from the race, which would have gave away two points to Ross Chastain, which would have been a tiebreaker between Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain. But Chastain would have advanced because he had the best finish in that round, finishing second twice in the races prior to this one. So thanks to either way, he would have got in, but it was a lot cooler to see him do the wall move because that probably, again, one of the greatest moves in Maybe not just NASCAR history, but motorsports history. Right, Ross Chastain did as it had everybody freaking out, talking about how awesome of a move it was by him. Uh, drivers were not happy about it at the same time. A lot of them said it was a very, very uh, unsportsmanlike move that he did it. But they said that that move should never happen again. But either way, it was awesome. Crowd loved it. It's getting NASCAR talked about around the world right now. So if you're NASCAR, you're loving this as well. So yes, drivers are going to complain about it. Let them complain, whatever. It was cool. Is it going to get banned? It? Banned more than likely, yes. They're going to make sure drivers don't do this every week on the final lap, just like Ross Chastain did. But either way, awesome finish to this race. Uh, great job by Rash, Ross Chastain to come up with some sort of creative way to get himself into the playoffs. And God, I think the whole world is buying Ross Chastain going into championship for this one. Well, speaking about where the rest of the drivers finished this one, we got as the rest of the drivers did finish in the top 10. In sixth place was Joey Logano, seventh place, William Byron, ninth place, ninth place, crazy. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Chase Briscoe, and in 10th place, Chase, uh, let me get a drink of water quickly so I get my throat going here again. But let's talk about the playoff drivers and who was in the championship for. Like I mentioned, Joey Logano got in. Joey Logano and Chase, uh, Christopher Bell will get in automatically with a win. Ross Chastain with his last slap pass was able to get in by four points over Danny Hamlin. 
Also beating Denny Hamlin by four points in this one was Chase Elliott, who wouldn't have made the playoffs if it weren't thanks to Denny Hamlin getting disqualified at Pocono because that was a five-point difference between Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin. So, of course, if Hamlin doesn't get qualified, he would be in. Chase Elliott would be out. But Elliott is in the championship for it as well. As those four will be racing for the championship coming up this week at Phoenix Speedway. Uh, should be a fun one to watch between those four. And I guarantee there will be a lot of eyes on that race. Especially with, with what Ross Chastain did. Probably going to bring a lot more viewers into that championship race. And this is also very interesting as well. As I was looking at, uh, we're trying to figure out what the point standings would be. If there was no actual playoff system. And I found this on motorsports.com. Again, I can't prove this is true or not. But if this is true, this is absolutely insane. If the actual points were where they were with no playoff system or anything, the points would be Joey Logano with 4,139 points. Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain would be tied at 4,137 points, only two points back in Joey Logano. And Denny Hamlin would be four points back in fourth place with 4,133 points. So the top four drivers would be separated by four points. So pretty much they almost have an actual playoff race going on into this final race if there was no playoff system. So... That is good to see that this has been that competitive here the last couple of weeks. It seemed like Chase Elliott was up by 100 points at one point, but he's been struggling throughout these playoffs, and a lot of people have been able to gain on him throughout that. Uh, the other drivers that are also close in this one that could have would have had a chance we were William Byron, with, with, who was about 23 points back, Ryan Blaney, who would have been 38, uh, 28 points back, and then Christopher Bell, who would have been 35 points back in seventh place. But either way, the points seem like they're pretty close, shockingly. Uh, compared to what the actual chase would be as well. So good to see either way. That would have been very interesting to watch. But again, if we're using the actual point system, that there's no playoff system, there would have been four points, uh, six points, excuse me, separating the top four drivers. But again, we're heading to Phoenix Raceway this week to crown a champion. Last year's winner was the champion of last year, Kyle Larson. Also in the spring, Chase Briscoe, who was trying to make his way and get a win as he was leading weight in that race as he stood out with, instead of taking tires that uh, ended up costing him which he dropped back into the field after those tires kicked in he could not hold off Bell and company as he fell back into the pack and lost his opportunity to get into the playoffs but the remaining championship short where they finished in that race at Phoenix in second place was Ross Chastain so a very good race for him at Phoenix he looks to get one spot better this time at the championship in eighth place was he finished Joey Logano. In 11th place was Chase Elliott. And in 26th was Bell. So Ross Chastain easily having the best finish in this race in the spring. We'll see if he will be able to do it again here in the final race of the season. But I am excited for this race. I can't wait for it. It's going to be a fun championship for race to watch. A championship race to watch overall. I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this race as well. This might be one of the biggest viewerships for NASCAR in a very long time, I feel like. Uh, but overall, Ross Chastain... Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Christopher Bell will be racing for a championship at Phoenix Raceway. Also, let's so talk about some of the other series who have uh, drivers in the championship. Also racing on Saturday for the championship four in the Xfinity Series. We'll have Noah Grayson, Josh Berry, and Justin Allgaier all racing for Junior Motorsports competing for a championship. And the lone driver by himself in this one will be Ty Gibbs, who... Uh, for Joe, racing for Joe Gibbs Racing. And if you did not hear what happened at Martinsville with him last week, he has an interesting thing that happened to him as well as at the end of the race, his teammate Brandon Jones, who if he would have won, would have been in the championship for kicking one of these uh, junior drivers out. But Ty Gibbs took out his own teammate to pick up the win in that one. So a very unhappy camp with that as well as Brandon Jones even mentioned. 
He is going to be joining Junior, Junior Motorsports next year. So we'll see if he maybe betrays his own teammate coming up on Saturday to help out his future teammates here. So that should be interesting to watch as well. So again, a lot of crazy things that could happen this weekend, not only in the Cup Series, but in the Xfinity Series. And then also in the Truck Series Championship 4 for that one, we have Ty uh, Majeski, Zane Smith, Brandon Jones, uh, excuse me, Ben uh, Rhodes, I should say, not Brandon Jones, Ben Rhodes, and Chandler Smith all racing for the Truck Series Championship. So a lot of great action happening this week in NASCAR as we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen in all these races. Of course, on Friday night, we'll have the Truck Series happening at 10 o'clock p.m. That race will start Eastern Standard Time Zone. And then on Saturday, we have the Xfinity Series starting their race at 6 o'clock. And then the Cup Series begin their race at 3 o'clock on Sunday. So three champions will be crowned in NASCAR this week. Should be a fun one to watch. Now for some news coming out of NASCAR. Uh, speaking of Phoenix Speedway, we will have our Phoenix Raceway. We'll have Alex Bowman back in the seat of the 48 car as he's been out since the Rebels after suffering a concussion. So glad to see Alex Bowman back after uh, quite a few drivers have been hurt this year. Also speaking of player drivers getting hurt, there's questions about Tyler Reddick coming into the final race of the season as he was uh, in a pile that was, got into a little train, a reaction in the race, ended up uh, damaging the front of his car. He said he, said he started to feel dizzy during the race, which ended up having him perk the car and quit the race because he could not drive anymore. So hopefully he does not have a concussion now as well. As it, the hit didn't look that vicious at all either, which was very surprising. It did leave a dent in the front of the car, but again, Hoping the best for Tyler Reddick. Hope he's able to race this week, but hopefully he's also looking at his health as well and realizing he's not racing for a championship or racing for anything this week. So if he needs to be safe and not race, I clearly understand that. Uh, but well, hopefully he is okay and is able to race this Sunday. Also, Stuart Hollis' appeal for the Roval was denied where we had Cole Custer blocking a little bit for Chase Briscoe to see if he helped him try to get in, which he didn't. Either way, Briscoe would have got in. But Custer was fined and his crew chief would be fined $100,000 for that uh, incident that happened. So uh, bad news for Stuart House Racing. As we know, Tour Stewart wasn't too happy with the announcement of this penalty because we've seen this multiple times with teammates helping teammates. And this time NASCAR trying to penalize him because it was a playoff race, I believe. Uh, I think this happened in the playoffs as well with Kyle Larson Chase Elliott a few years back. So again, or last year, I think that would have been actually. But either way, NASCAR uh, denied, uh, the motorsports industry denied the appeal. So again, Cole Custer and his crew chief will be paying a $100,000 fine. Now let's head over to the NBA where we'll talk about the top games from this week. We'll start off on Tuesday where the New Orleans Pelicans were able to beat the Dallas Mavericks 113-11. to New Orleans in this, with this win will move to 3-1 on the season. Trey Mayfield, the third, leading the way, scoring with 22 points and 5 rebounds. And shooting guard C.J. McCollum with 14 points and 11 assists. Dallas with this loss moved to 1-2 on the season as point guard Luka Doncic with 37 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. He's been Scoring points like crazy so far this year. We'll see a little bit more as uh, later on here. As point, also point guard Spencer Dwinwiddie with 24 points and five assists. Also on Tuesday, the Phoenix Suns were able to beat the Golden State Warriors a bit in a big way, 134 to 105. The Phoenix Suns go to three and one on the season, led by shooting guard Stephen Booker with 34 points and seven assists. Center Dion. DeAndre Aiden with 16 points and 14 rebounds in the game as well. Golden State moved to 500 after this loss, going to 2-2. Two two. Point guard Stefan Curry with 21 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds in the game. And shooting guard Jordan Poole coming off the bench with 17 points and 5 assists. Now we move over to Wednesday where the Miami Heat were able to beat the Portland Trailblazers 119-98. Miami moving to 2-3 on the season. Center, Bam, Adeboya. 
Adeboyo with 18 points and 8 rebounds. Uh, small forward Jimmy Butler with 17 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. For Portland, they suffered their first loss of the season. This one moving to 4-1. Point guard Damian Lillard with 22 points in the game. And shooting guard uh, Shelton Sharp with 15 points and 8 rebounds coming off the bench. On Thursday, Dallas Mavericks were able to beat the Brooklyn Nets 129 to 125 in overtime. Dallas with this one moved to two and two in the season, with Doncic having another big one, a triple double in this game: 41 points, 14 assists, and 11 rebounds. Small forward T Tim Hardaway off the bench with 18 points for Dallas, and for the Brooklyn Nets, they go to a disappointing one and four on the season. Point guard Kyrie Irving with 39 points and seven rebounds in the game. Power forward Kevin Durant with 37 points and 5 assists in the game. So having a big amount of points for the Nets in this game, but was just not enough to beat this Mavericks team. Then we move over to Sunday where the Los Angeles Lakers would pick up an upset win over the Denver Mavericks 121-110. to As this was the Lakers' first win of the season, probably first complete game by the, their three stars. As LeBron James with 26 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds. Anthony Davis with 23 points and 15 rebounds. And Russell Wilson with 18 points. Oh God, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook with 18 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists coming off the bench. And for Denver, they moved to four and three in the season after this loss, as Nikola Jokic with 23 points, 14 rebounds, and six assists, and Jamal Murray with 21 points and five assists in the game. As now with that loss, the Lakers that are now they're the last team to pick up a win this year, so there's no teams of zero wins on the season. But there is one team that remains under the B in, in the NBA season, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks at five and zero. That is as of Tuesday afternoon. The Bucks remain the only undefeated team left in the NBA. As we'll see, they have some big games coming up this week. As we take a look at the games we we'll watch this week in the NBA on Tuesday, the Minnesota Timberwolves will take on the Phoenix Suns. On Wednesday, the Boston Celtics will take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who only have one loss this year, so Cleveland looking very good to begin this season. On Friday, the Portland Trailblazers take on the Phoenix Suns. They also play them on Saturday as well, along with the New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, not, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Hawks. I'm mixing up NFL it's too much with the NBA right now. <laughs> uh, and then on Monday, we had the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Atlanta Hawks as well. So a lot of great action coming up this week. In the NBA, and also some big news coming on the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets have fired head coach Steve Nash, that is from ESPN. That happened early uh, in the afternoon on Tuesday. So, in his career, in his three seasons as the head coach of the Nets, here 94 and 67, which ain't a bad record. The, uh, so far this year, he is two and five to begin the season with this Nets team. But the playoffs could be an issue as well, as he has only made it out of the first round once in the two years of making the playoffs, and they were swept last year in the playoffs. So the Brooklyn Nets have now fired Steve Nash. So now oh, I did not check and see who's going to be filling in for him as the head coach, but Nash is out of the, of the as the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Also, the Detroit Pistons and Bajan uh, Bond uh, Bondanovic have uh, agreed to a two-year, 39 $1 million extension for him. So far this season, he has been having one of the best seasons of his career, averaging 23 points per game, which is a career high, 3.5 rebounds per game, and 2 assists per game, which is also a career high. So good for him on getting an extension. And so far, he's been a fun to watch for a Detroit Pistons fan for myself. So glad to see him staying with the team for another couple of years. 
Now for some uh, MMA news, we have TJ Dillonshaw who uh, suffered a dislocated shoulder in his loss in UFC 280. That's according to Brett Akamoto in ESPN. Says he will be out for a year, so a big loss for him to be out for a year. Uh, having a big title fight and suffering a loss in that one. Wondering when that injury happened in that match. Uh, but again, hoping the best for Dillashaw and hopefully he'll be coming back healthy here soon. Also, Dana White announced the signing of Raul Rosa Jr. to a UFC deal. And he is only 18 years old and he'll be slated to be the youngest fighter in UFC history. So it'll be interesting to see an 18-year-old possibly going against a 35-year-old or something like that. So that should be a fun thing to watch as we'll see if Rosas will have a how good he is in the ring here in the future. As I'll be expecting him to be in the ring here within the next couple of months to see what he'll be able to do in the UFC. And some news coming out of IndyCar as well as Tony Kanaan has signed with McLaren Racing for the next year's Indianapolis 500. Uh, last year, he was able to race with Chip Ganassi where he ended up finishing third in the race. He's also bringing his sponsors with him from Chip Ganassi, which has Chip Ganassi pretty heated right now from the sounds of it. So McLaurin and uh, Chip Ganassi going at each other right now over things that are happening. So a big loss for Chip Ganassi in this one for next year's Indy race. Also should mention to uh, Kanan is also a 2003 winner of the Indianapolis 500. So we'll see how he'll be doing with McLaurin racing next year at the Indy 500. But like I mentioned, a lot of great sports action happening so far this week. I mean, last week uh, should be fun to watch. As again, we have the World Series happening right now. Can't wait to see what's going to happen through the remainder of the series. So by the next week, we will have a World Series champion. As I remember, the schedule going for the World Series, there's going to be a game on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and Thursday night. Then they'll head back to Houston if necessary for what would be Saturday and Sunday, where if we had a game seven, the series will automatically be done next week. So we'll be talking about the rest of the World Series in next week's episode. Also talking about some of the action in the NFL. And if you didn't, if you miss any of the trade deadlines, which I should look at right now, see if there's any other trades as the deadline is over. Let's see if anything happens. So from what I am looking at, uh, we do have one trade as Nakeem Hines is going to the Buffalo Bills, according to sources tell ESPN. So Hines uh, adding a little bit of running back depth for the Buffalo Bills. And a couple of people that were expected to be traded were Kareem Hunt and Brandon Cooks, but both of them will be staying put, it uh, looks like. So it looks like the only trade that was added on was Nakeem Hines being going to the Buffalo Bills. So again, Brandon Cooks, who was expected to be traded, is going to be staying with the Houston Texans as Kareem Hunt with the running back for the Cleveland Browns is going to be staying in Cleveland as well. So again, all the trades I pretty much mentioned and then of course seeing the Hines one as well as all that happened on the day. So crazy day in the NFL trade-wise. So we'll see how much this improves some of these teams. A lot of these teams getting ready to make a push and try to get the best team they can for the playoffs and some of these other teams as well just trying to make a push for the playoffs. Well, the Eagles got better, it looks like, in this uh, trade deadline. Vikings got better in this trade deadline. Uh, we'll see if the uh, Smith will do for the Ravens defense and how Quinn will do for the Eagles as well, as I think he'll be pretty happy to be on this Eagles team instead of the Bears team right now. Uh, but a lot of great things happening here in the NFL so far this week. We'll see what that leads into next week. College football with some major games happening next week in the SEC. Again, number two versus number one, Georgia versus Tennessee. One of that game will take control of their division and pretty much lock up their spot in the SEC championship game. Big game for Alabama as they will take on LSU. Winner of that game could have a good shot of going to the SEC championship game as well as LSU was able to 
I believe they were the ones that upset Old Miss, if I'm correctly, a couple weeks ago. So if this game win, LSU could pretty much lock up their spot in the SEC Championship game. They could be Bama, again, LSU at home for that one. So that is a major game as well. So again, a couple of big games happening in college football. Of course, in NASCAR, we'll have our championship race happening this Sunday with uh, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain. That happening at Phoenix Raceway. Also, the championship happening for the Xfinity Series and Truck Series on uh, Friday and Saturday as well. So some fun championship action all this weekend happening in NASCAR. Of course, NBA is still happening right now. A lot of games happening in that. And if you're an NHL fan, of course, there's NHL happening as well. Uh, just not too much for me to talk about the NHL right now. But again, every sport going on right now. A lot of fun things happening. College basketball, of course, getting ready to get booted up here pretty soon as well. We have the World Cup coming up in November. Also, just so much great things happening in sports right now. It's a fun month. It's going to be in November. Can't wait for everything. Thanksgiving is going to be a good time for a lot of sports. We're going to have a lot of great things happening. Uh, of course, if you like high school sports as well, high school playoffs are happening for football and uh, all the other fall sports as well. So just November, a magical month for sports. A lot of great things happening right now. So if you're a sports fan, rejoice. Be happy. Enjoy it. Have a good time. Uh, there's a lot to keep an eye on and just everything that's happening right now is just pretty crazy. But again, we are going to have lots to talk about this month and it's going to be very exciting. Again, just all, so much building up. Like I mentioned, the end of the World Series coming up next week. We have a lot of big games happening in football next week. We have a champion being crowned in NASCAR next week. We got the World Cup coming up here in a couple weeks. We have just everything happening right now, it seems like. Thanksgiving, of course, happening as well. Always got to love Thanksgiving. Uh, if you're a shopper, Black Friday is coming up as well, so that's always fun too. But again, November, a magical month for sports, and can't wait to see what's going to happen uh, throughout the month of November. But that is all the sports I have to talk about here today. Thank you guys for tuning with me. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. On there, you can message me questions or topics like that here on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button and get alerts when the newest episodes are released. With this episode, I'll be also airing my WWE Raw reaction to that show that happened on Monday night. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be again talking about the NFL. I'll be talking about what happened in all the action last week. We'll go over all the trades as well, trying to go over my uh, grading each one of those and my thoughts on each of those trades, if they helps or hurts the teams. Also, we'll be talking about on that day my predictions for week nine of the NFL games coming up that week. Six teams are on by, so that means there's a total of 13 games next week. Also on Wednesday, I'll be talking about what happened on NXT on Tuesday night, WWE programming. Uh, Thursday, we'll talk about what happened on AEW Dynamite. On Friday, we'll be talking about what is going to be happening at the WWE pay, uh, Premium Live event, Crown Jewel. So we'll go over all the matches of that, one of my predictions for each of those matches. Uh, Saturday, we'll be talking about what happened on uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Hopefully I can do that this time. And remember to do that because I missed it for the last two weeks. So sorry if you guys were tuning in for that one at all. I forgot to do that. On Sunday, we'll be talking about what happened at the Crown Jewel Premium Live event. I'll go over my reaction for that show and my thoughts on everything. And we wrap back around to Tuesday. We'll be talking about what happened in the sports world, which again, in that next episode, we'll talk about what happened in the World Series. We'll talk about those big games that happened in the SEC. We'll talk about the NASCAR Championship, who are the champions in NAS, all three NASCAR series. I'll talk about the NFL and college football, other college football games that happened that week, and also NBA, NHL, whatever else is happening that week as well. But again, that is all the uh, episodes that will be coming out here for the next week. Make sure you subscribe to get alerts when those new episodes are released. Again, thank you guys for tuning in with me. I'm your host, Cole Martins, and you guys all have a great day.